All right, for those that are uh, wanting to stick around for the Q&A, make your way into the uh, auditorium. And uh, this doesn't have to take too long, but uh, come on in and grab a seat. Mike, you want to help pass out? Uh, here, let me keep one of those. Yeah, help pass those out. All right, come on in and get a seat. We can, uh, for those that are going to visit out in the fellowship area, that's fine. Maybe we can close the doors. Um, but we'll just uh, let everyone get a chance to come on in. And Mike Johnson is handing out some uh, information sheets. This is really just a, a really informal chance to share some additional information, um, additional details, and, and again, just give a chance for, for people to you know, ask any questions they may have. So Mike's walking around. He's got some, some sheets. He's, he's passing them out. I'm just going to start in. I'm going to read the, the read a few things from this sheet. Um, first, the background. Really, you know, if you think about our mission, leading people everywhere to a devoted relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, that's happening in all kinds of spheres in all kinds of different ways. But one of the areas where where we feel like we want to be a little more strategic, we want to uh, invest some additional resources, is to um, Lord willing to try to um, add someone in a full-time capacity to work with our junior high and high school ages uh, here at Creekside. Um, this is not, not something that's brand new uh, to Creekside, but it has been a few years since we've had someone in this role. Um, but in the past, when we have had uh, those that are serving in this role, whether it be um, you know Kyle Clarkson, we heard a testimony from uh, Matt Deaver a few weeks back, or, or others that have served in this capacity. Um, you know, Mark uh, has shared at our elders meeting how he was impacted by, uh, you know, trips to Emmanuel Mission and uh, different things that we were able to do, you know, back when he was in high school. And so there's just a huge opportunity. Um, and so, you know, we, we're really looking for uh, someone to serve, serve in this capacity. Um, just a few qualifications and job details. The candidate needs to exhibit a personal and growing relationship with Jesus. Teachable spirit, exhibit qualities of church leaders um, from Titus 1, 1 Timothy 3, 1 Peter 5, and many others, okay? But we're looking for someone who really has a passion and a desire to serve God in this area. Um, we are looking for someone with a bachelor's with at least 20 hours of biblical training. So some, some formalized Bible training is, is what we're praying and hoping for. Um, and the goal would be for this to be a full-time salaried position. Um, other information, you know, get, get into some of the nitty-gritties. Uh, you know, as we talk to the deacons, you know, we, we do feel like we're in a sound financial position right now, but we would need uh, to have some additional giving to make this happen. So uh, we have a reserve fund, which is kind of slated for unanticipated expenses, um, around the facilities and those kind of things, and we would like to not have to, you know, dip into that. Um, but that's kind of the purpose of these, some of these cards that, that have been passed around to kind of gauge the appetite and the excitement level of, of our church and, and how willing people are to give kind of specifically to this purpose. So, you know, as you look down, you know, just kind of a normal... Um, Salary for, for someone in this range could be from forty to fifty thousand, kind of depending on what their experience is. 
Um, and again, w this is kind of like assuming that we have, you know, everything in a row and in the support of the congregation, but that just kind of helps you to get a feel for what the kind of financial need is that we are hoping um, to raise. So, you know, our plan would be that we could raise a substantial portion of this cost through a combination of one-time uh, and ongoing pledges communicated during the current feedback period, uh, which will end on July 3rd. Creekside leadership is praying for willing and cheerful givers in the spirit of 2 Corinthians 9. And so again, we want to see what, what God can do. You know, in the past, we've had times where we came with, you know, needs to raise money for lights or things like that. And, you know, it's just cool to see what God does, you know, with when you just present the need kind of humbly and the desire and then let people respond. And so that's what we're kind of waiting to see. It's like, what is God going to do next and, and how does he want to move? Um, so we're in this feedback period. After the feedback period is done, you know, the idea would be gather all those responses and evaluate where we're at and then share that information with you guys. So the current forms that we're trying to collect in the next week, um, they, they, are not, they are not binding insofar as like this is not an official yes, no vote. This is like a preliminary feedback. So if we get those back and, and it's great response, um, then yeah, we would want to move forward and we would be, you know, we would be anticipating that people would honor the, you know, kind of the giving parameters that they've set forth on there. But um, we would gather all that information and then share it. So, you know, it would be really exciting if we could come back, you know, after this period is done and say, hey, we've, you know, we have one-time pledges that cover you know, the first year of a salary, or we have ongoing, uh, you know, commitments of, of X amount that will really help us to cover this need. But, you know, that's, that's where we're in the unknown right now. And, you know, if, if we're not at the point, you know, financially where we feel this is feasible, then maybe that's God telling us that we need to wait for now. So we're really work, wanting to find out, you know, what the response is, what the support level is, and by no means do we want to just, uh, you know, move forward without feeling like we have the congregation um, supporting this kind of a this kind of a decision. So, um, if there's sufficient support from the feedback period, and then we would we would submit the final decision uh, to a congregational vote from members. So that's the background. Um, I guess. I'll open it up for any questions, and, and I may uh, try to tap uh, you know, one of the other elders or something, too, if, if there's something that I'm not sure about. But uh, any, any questions or anything, I, I'm happy to pass the microphone off or, or, uh, or what. So with that, I'll just open up the floor. Dakota. So that last bullet, the final decision, mm -hmm. does that just mean yes, we'll proceed, and then there's a whole process of finding the Right. So that would, that final decision would just be, you know, here's the, here's the, sharing all the details with the congregation, you know, here's the amount and pledges and ongoing support that, you know, Creekside is willing, Creekside members are willing to commit to this and just putting that all kind of out to someone. And yeah, that would be, you know, the vote would be to proceed with going through the process of identifying the right candidate and, and hiring them. So. And within some kind of a time, you know, like within the next three months or something like that. So, yeah. Um, what's the 
Yeah, so yeah, we should actually, maybe we should pass some of those out, Mike. On the, on the welcome table, there is a stack of uh, the feedback cards. And, and the, the cards are, are written pretty simply. You know, there's just kind of a, there's a yes, no, you know, whether you support moving forward. And that is separate from any financial commitment. You know, you may feel like this is a great thing uh, that, that we should move forward with. You may not personally uh, be able to contribute anything financially towards it, but that doesn't mean that you need to answer no, right? So there's kind of two, two different questions. One is, you know, do you think that this is, is something that we should move forward with? And the second is a little more specific in that, you know, do you have, you know, some ability or financial amount that you would be willing to kind of state like that you would be using to support this? Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, the same form is available online. So you can, if you want, you can fill this out and drop it in the box out here, or you can go online. Um, the reason that we do have, the reason we ha do have names on there is because we just want to make sure that, you know, we're not getting any prank, uh, you know, slips in there. Someone writes down they're going to give $5,000 and it turns out later that it's some you know, someone playing a, some kind of trick or prank or something. You know, we just want to make sure that these are, these are real um, people that are, are filling this out and, and hopefully, you know, taking it seriously. You can put it into the offering box. Yeah, right out there on the welcome table. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So really, um, they would be heavily involved with discipling and mentoring. Um, probably the biggest area of emphasis would be the high school group, but it would also include down to working with the junior hires and also, you know, working with those volunteers. So, you know, just, you know, a normal week to week is planning and executing everything, you know, from the Wednesday night activities, but also planning and, you know, doing extra kind of, whether it's outreach events or things that, that students can invite their friends to. Um, one of the big things we've, that we've done in the past when we had, you know, someone in this role is take an annual missions trip. And so then they really have that time to, to plan that out. And, you know, we've had great times of, you know, if, for those that remember the different cake, uh, we've had cake fundraisers for, for kids going on missions trips and, and all those kind of things. We'd want them to be, you know, active in, you know, in camp ministry and just a lot of different extra kind of things that we're a little bit more limited on right now. So just having that time. I think we also view, view you know, someone who comes into this role as someone that can be mentored and trained up and they can, you know, serve in different areas of our church as well as their time permits. So whether that's doing some preaching ministry as well or, um, you know, depending on what their gifts are, you know, we, we want them to be, you know, fully a part of, of Creekside life, but really they are coming on board to spend their time uh, ministering to the, the youth at Creekside. Yeah, having the ability to follow up with kids, you know, you know to meet kids for, for lunches at their school sometimes, if that's an opportunity, or just to uh, yeah, one-on-one -on -one discipleship and mentoring. I mean, that was something that, that Matt Deaver mentioned uh, that he really enjoyed and appreciated uh, back when he was a high school student was just 
the ongoing time commitment of, of discipleship that is able to be done. Yeah, we don't want to put her on the spot, but anyone that wants to share anything is, is free to. So if, feel free if you want to or not, Heather, uh, it's up to you. Sure, sure, come on up. Um, I was going to share that my coming to Christ was through a youth pastor and his wife. Um, during my junior high years. I did not grow up in a Christian home, and, um, and it was a friend who invited me to her youth group that kind of got the ball rolling when I was in sixth grade. I went once or twice to youth, the youth group that fall, didn't really go after that, and then the youth pastor's wife called me up that winter and said, hey, do you want to go on our winter retreat? And I said, sure, I got nothing else going on. So I went to that, but then again, just didn't really keep going. The next fall, same thing, youth pastor's wife called me up again in that winter and said, hey, you want to come to our winter retreat? And I said, well, I had fun last year. I guess I'll go again. So I went again, and then in eighth grade, um, went once or twice in the fall, she called me up again that winter and said, do you want to come again on the winter retreat? And I said, Sure, it was fun the last two years, I'll come again. That winter retreat was the time that God finally got a hold of my heart. And the thing is, because I had so many challenges going on at home, it was a very broken family that I was growing up in. And I really, really struggled with the idea that um, there's this God who loves me unconditionally, who, who loves me for who I am. And because that, that's not the message that I got at home from my own family. And I thought, if my own family can't love me for who I am, can't love me unconditionally, I don't understand how there's this God that can do that. But this youth pastor and his wife showed me that unconditional love year after year, even though I still was just like, I don't, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is for me. They lived that out for me. And then when I made that commitment to Christ and I told them about that, you know, they were like, we want you here. We, we want you to be part of this family. And I finally got it, right? I finally understood. And so then they were very intentional about every week. We're going to make sure that you have a ride to church. We're going to make sure that you're taken care of. And they brought me into their family. And it brought me the structure that I needed. It brought me that, that love that I needed. Because it's not what I had at home. And I know that there are so many kids in this area, too, that are struggling with the same thing. They don't have that at home. But if we have um, a youth pastor, and, and maybe he would have a spouse, and maybe not, but you know, they would have the ability to reach out to kids in a way that um, that others just just don't have the a time or the availability or the gifting for. So I just wanted to share that that was my experience, and I really am very thankful for um, the youth pastor and wife that that helped change things in my life. Yeah. Thank you, Heather. Um, yeah, it, it really can be something that has a huge impact and a, and a huge opportunity. And, you know, as, as we keep, you know, thinking about and talking about, you know, that we really are in a world where our youth are under, under siege in so many different areas and, and hearing so many messages um, that really run, you know, directly against what God's word has. So, you know, being able to counteract that and be strategic. And, and I think also just to communicate to families that come in that, you know, we are taking our responsibility seriously, that we want to disciple and mentor the next generation um, are, are, again, just some of the other key, really key reasons why we, we want to move in this direction. So, 
I don't know if there's anyone else that wants to share or, or questions. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, okay, the, Ron says, what took us so long? This actually isn't a new thing. It's something that we've, we've been wanting to do for a couple of years, and, and, but point taken, you know, why haven't we done this sooner? I know before COVID, we had s some very serious discussions about it, and then I think we kind of got thrown off of our, our rhythm by that and uh, kind of forced to just reevaluate who, who's here, who's not here, you know, all this kind of stuff that I guess, you know, goes, goes and, and happens in many different churches. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, this is something that's been a need for, for a while now, and, um, you know, it's just time to take a step forward on it. So, yeah. And Ryan. Come on up. <laughs> um, the first question that might come to your mind is, why don't we have a volunteer do this? Uh, and I'll say I'm the volunteer right now for the youth ministries leader, and I haven't done the best job. I've been distracted with other things in my own life, and those things are a higher priority than being able to help kind of organize the youth ministries here, but there are a lot of opportunities for um, if there was somebody that was taking the time to think about what we can do with our youth. I mean, there's, I have a lot of ideas, but I have a job and I have a spouse that's trying to immigrate to the United States, and I can't think about those things, but somebody who could um, be full-time employed here would be able to have the time and do a way better job than somebody who's a volunteer who's doing it as their uh, second position. So I just thought I'd add that in here. Thanks, Ryan. Any other thoughts, questions? Yeah, come on up, Mark. So I invited a few guys about four years ago to meet for lunch because I had a burden in my heart for my growing children and others. And, and this is also not just a, a vision for our kids that are already here, but for the kids all around throughout the Des Moines metro area that need a savior, that need Christ in their lives. I think back to times when I was growing up when we were blessed with great volunteers like Rick and Rhonda, who shepherded us and provided a family for us here um, at the, in the church and ministered to us. But I'm very thankful for the vision that they had to hire a full-time youth pastor for the first time, I think, in the church's history where they where there was only maybe 14 kids in the youth group, but that quickly grew over the next few years to 35 plus kids because somebody was intentionally investing. And, you know, Chad, Kyle's older brother, would call me up and, and uh, check in with me. He would get me involved in different areas of the youth group to serve in the youth group. He would, um, he said, my junior year, he said, I'm going to take you up to Emmaus Bible College to do a college visit. And he drove me up there, and then I ended up going to Emmaus Bible College, and, and now I'm serving in leadership here in the church. And he would, he would intentionally invest in the kids for the potential they had for their future, too. And our church is all the better and stronger for having made that investment in a youth leader for the future of the church. So we're, we want to reach kids for Christ. We want to see kids get saved. We want to see them grow up and choose to live their lives and build their families for the Lord and invest in the future of our church as well. If we don't do that, our church is not going to have that future generation in our church. So I'm just very uh, thankful and blessed for the past leadership's investment 
in my future and I just want to also invest in our kids um, who are in a very confused time and day today. So I just would ask you and challenge you all to think um, how the Lord might use you to give to this urgent need. I would call it an urgent need that we need to invest in this next generation. So. Well, I see we're we're at twelve fifteen, so I, I'm I'm gonna you know close us in a time of prayer, but we'll we'll still be around. And if you have any questions that you maybe you didn't want to ask in front of the whole group, you know, seek out Mark, Bob, myself, my any of the other elders um, or deacons, and uh, you know, bring your questions. So or email you know things that you think of when you get home. So let's just uh, let's close in prayer, Father. We do just commit this um, plan and idea into your hands. Lord, we, we don't want to move ahead of you. We don't want to move behind you. We want to uh, be led by your spirit. And Lord, we're trusting that you will move in individual hearts so that it can just be apparent um, whether this is something that we can move forward on, Father. We're just trusting and praying and hoping that it is. And um, that we can look back a year from now and just see that God has blessed and moved and worked. Um, Father, we just pray for the opportunity to reach the youth in our city with the gospel, um, to mentor and disciple uh, kids that are already here and to, to reach out to those who, who um, you know, we can influence within our different spheres. And so we commit this into your hands and, and just pray Father, we, we trust and just rest that you are a God who can provide all that we ask or need. And it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everyone. And again, you can, you can leave those in the box at the Welcome Center or you can go online and fill out the form there.